All right, and welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This series is called What Would You Do? Where we talk about ethics and professional standards committee violations. And here with me today is Jim Camarada. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jennifer. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Ruby. Good. And Jim's with Keller Williams in Minnesota. I almost said Wisconsin. Oh, my goodness. It's an hour away. It's close. Um, but today we're actually not going to talk about a case. We're going to talk about like what happens if you're fined and what the fines are, right? Yeah, you've had that question from a number of folks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so what are the fines? Uh, you know, how, what's the exposure? Right. Uh, so uh, I guess it was about two years ago, the Minnesota State Association put a a program into place. So if you are uh, cited with a possible violation, mm-hmm. you can either uh, go before an ethics hearing panel mm-hmm. and take your chances with whatever uh, discipline might be meted out, or this schedule has been put together and it's a, a code of ethics citation schedule. Okay. So if you get cited with a possible violation, you could say, nah, I don't want to be bothered with uh, a hearing. Uh, this is a first offense. Now I'll, I'll just plead guilty and take the fine. Once we're, I want to make sure that we get to like what happens if you do decide to go to a hearing, like what's the process. But I think like, as you mentioned, this is just for Minnesota, but it gives you like, it gives us an idea of about how serious of an offense this is based on the, you know, the fine. Well, um, how about a, how about a, for example? Let's do it. Okay. So there are articles one, three, four, five, six, 12, a lot for 12, 14 and 16. Okay. So it breaks it down by uh, the first offense, second offense, and a third offense. Okay. Pick article one, failure to fully disclose or obtain consent from both parties when representing both the seller, landlord, and buyer tenant in the same transaction. So dual agency. Okay. In this state, state, it's dual agency. So the first discipline uh, for a first offense is a $250 fine. I mean, it's not a big deal. Second one. It's a $1,000 fine and three hours of code of ethics education. Because clearly you don't understand how it works. And the third offense is a $1,750 fine plus three hours of continuing education for the code of ethics. The same education that didn't work last time? Right. Right, okay. Is that that third offense seems like a lot less harsh or well, I guess it is 750. Okay. I guess it's not. Yeah. Well, and, and it varies by the offense. So an article three violation providing access to a listed property on terms other than those established by the owner or the listing broker. So okay. another making an appointment. Okay. Or walking up. Uh, this is why I love the electronic key boxes because it tracks who comes and goes. Right. As opposed to a, a, a combo and anybody, oh yeah, it's one, two, three, four, and they can go in. Right. That, that's an offense. And a third violation is $2,250 fine plus six hours 
of COE oh, wow. education. Okay. So now they're putting some teeth into it. Uh, I checked with legal counsel this morning, uh, one of our legal legals at the uh, association, and he said the, uh, the National Association gives them guidelines uh, up to $5,000 uh, maximum offense. Okay. So that's the difference between just accepting the guilt and pleading guilty and taking the fine and going before the ethics committee. Right. Uh, last year, there was a $15,000 fine, not just for the wow. portion of it, but there was also some fraud. So oh. that, that was a first for our association, $15,000. So if you're in violation of say a couple of the articles, right? Like you could be found in violation of a handful of articles, not just one, right? Yes. yes. Would the fines like combine in, ge I mean, in general, good. they could. Good. Yeah, yeah. I've been in uh, hearings where we've assessed a $1,500 or $2,000 mm -hmm. fine, uh, you know, for a couple of violations if we... Mm -hmm believe that this person was invited and who decides if you don't go to the if you don't go to the hearing who decides what the fine is well, like if, if, if it's if, like they literally just say follow the schedule and say this is what it is like that's it yeah that's it okay that's it so and what if it's your fourth offense uh they, they didn't go fourth offense if you're fourth offense you're probably going to be suspended you think I just haven't seen that. Have you seen a lot of people suspended? No. Do you think no. it's because they're not violating four times or you think they're just being assessed a different fine? The message has gotten through. They've, they've been smacked up against the side. Maybe the they violate other offenses, <laughs> just not that one. So what if you violate like article one this time and then you violate article three next time? Is it still the first offense of both? Uh, probably not. Okay. I think it probably uh, that, depends on the circumstances, right? Yeah, I think it really does. And, um, you know, it, there, there are two different ways that we look at this. One, is it agent against agent? Uh-huh. Or is it agent against some, a member of the public? Which carries a heftier fine, usually? Public. The public. That the makes public. sense, right? Yeah. Because that's what the Code of Ethics is meant to, it's meant to, like, protect the mm -hmm. public against us oh yeah yeah oh yeah and the same thing with our department of commerce you know the yeah. licensing division uh, it's all designed to protect the public and if right. you are found guilty ooh, that could be a hefty fine by the uh, department of commerce right well let's we have I want to talk about two of our partners real quick and then when um then I want to learn more about if you decide not to take the fine, like what is the actual process? So the first partner I wanted to talk about is uh, Vulcan 7, who I use for our like cold calling and circle prospecting. And if you go to Vulcan7.com slash Jennifer Mertland, you can get two weeks for $49. That's a steal, man. And then the second one is uh, my coach, John Kitchens. So if you go to callcoachkitchens.com slash form and type in Fight Club, you'll get a free 30-minute business assessment. He's awesome. He's the best. Do you have a coach, Jim? I know you coach people, but do you have yeah, one? I, I do coach, and I have had a coach. Uh -huh. uh, it's when I was a team leader. Yeah. Uh, every week, every yep. week for half an hour, I was on with my coach. So it's, I've, what do I've you been, think about coaching? I mean, you do coach people. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's um it's uncomfortable. Uh, many times. <laughs> True. Uh, but I can tell you honestly that taking over the office that was uh, failing, mm. and my coach pushing me every single week, yeah, uh, we were able to not only get profitable but start profit sharing Damn. and get up number two in market share. Uh, in, in five of the six years that uh, I was running the office. So does it work? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. Coaching is definitely important, but let's get back to the topic. So if, yeah. okay, so let's say we won't use me as an example, agent a, let's say agent a violates a code and they want to take their chances. Like what happens? What is the process? They go before a hearing committee. And, and who's on the committee? Uh, volunteers like myself, agents, licensees. Yep. Okay. Um, we've been trained. Uh, we, we have, um, uh, almost a full day of training every single year Okay. Um, by the association. Um, and so, like I said, it's, we're all volunteers and we will sit and hear the case. There are five of us plus okay. the council to keep mm -hmm. us on track to make sure that procedurally, uh, it's, it's, uh, following the letter. Okay. Uh, and the, uh, the first party, you know, states his or her case, you know, mm -hmm. why have I been offended or what's the alleged, what happened? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the complainant. Is that the <laughs> consumer? Like if it's against the consumer, the consumer comes in and says, yeah, the complaint okay. always goes first. Okay. Then the respondent has the opportunity to ask questions. Okay. Then when that's done, then the panel members have the opportunity to ask questions. Are they, is anybody represented? They can be. By whom? Either their broker or by legal counsel. Okay. At their expense. What do you see most common? As far as what? Uh, like, can you, like, let's say I don't, if, if I'm the respondent and I want representation from like, um, could I have another realtor represent me? It's usually the broker. It's usually the broker. I got it. Yeah, okay. the broker could it be any that? broker or just like your broker? Oh, your broker. <laughs> <laughs> what if you don't like, you know, I'm just kidding. I love my broker, but I'm yeah. saying like, you know, like what if there's another broker that it makes more, I don't know. I would just asking. Okay. So how, so is this like, usually it seems like it would last, like it could last a pretty long time. Does it ever go into like multiple days? Uh, it, I've been in one that was six hours. That's the longest that you've yeah. been in. Yeah. That, that seems like a long time. It was painful. Uh, so the, you like present evidence and like all this stuff, right? A lot wow. of questions, a lot of evidence. Uh, we had to break for lunch. Um, it, it was painful. Who uh, pays for lunch, Jim? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, well, that's good. That's yeah, good. no, they budget for that because they know it every once in a while. Typically, uh, we're in and out within two hours. Okay. Uh, but that one went for six hours and whew, that's a, a long time. Yeah. Was there was a lot of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I imagine if you're, yeah, from the people involved in it for sure. Yeah. So if and is it, is it more or less likely to have like, what is the fine schedule at that point? Does it change? Is it higher? Is it lower? Like what happens? Each case has to be decided on its own merit. You know, okay. what was the offense? 
was the person really knowledgeable? Did they do it intentionally? Mm-hmm. Was it a mistake? Mm-hmm. You know, so lots of factors. But they use the schedule out. guidelines that you were talking about earlier to like as as a guideline if they if they do find the person like guilty. Is it yes. guilty? Is that what you call it? In violation of in violation of Article One. Yep. They use the schedule as a guideline for the fine, I assume. It is only that is just the guideline because it might be just a slap on the wrist and a letter of reprimand. Okay. A minor issue, or it could be something more serious. And we, if we want to really send a strong message, then we're going to hit them with uh, dollars and continuing ed. Is it allowed to go above the recommended amount for the fine violation? Um, the legal counsel keeps us within the parameters. Got so, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're not going to let us go, you know, hog wild. But and I imagine it's like very similar throughout like all the other states too. I mean, the process. Yeah, it is. And it is. They're following the NAR guidelines. And again, each association will adapt its own uh, set of guidelines uh, based on NAR input. It's so interesting. I can remember, and I'm sure you do, you've been in real estate a long time, but when they would put the offenses like in kind of like our little newsletter and it would be like the person's name and like the violation, like they would put it on there. So everybody knew what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that was embarrassing. Uh, That was the point, I think, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. To get the point across. I would be curious if there's more repeat offenders now that that doesn't happen or if there's less. I don't know. I I wonder who has that data. All of the ones that I've sat in on for the past, I don't know, I guess six, seven years now, uh, have basically been first offenses. Most people are first. Is it mostly the public filing or is it mostly other agents filing? Other agents. Interesting. Yeah. Because I would think that because these are your peers, that you're not, in order to to get you to file, it had to be really bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you can commit the same offense multiple times, which could be spread out over years. Yeah, well, it's self-policing. You know, we're we're policing ourselves and we want to keep the standards high. And if, if I catch somebody in violation... I'm not going to do anybody any good if I, if I look the other way. I know, but I would just feel like if it were, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like a little surprised. Like I would feel like, well, crap, I got to work with this person and they've been a realtor for 15 years. And you're telling me this is the first time they violated, you know what I mean? Or the first time they got caught. Right, of course. So, you know, uh, I'll continue to work with everybody on a, you know, highly professional level. Yeah. If, well, if that's you. <laughs> if, if you are going to uh, not be ethical or, or lawful. Right. right. You got to get called in on it. because Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. But it's not anonymous though, because you're going, well, let me back up. So if somebody doesn't go to the panel is it anonymous who turned them in or no? No, the, 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 the other person would know who turned them in. Who turned them in, even so, if they accepted oh yeah. the fine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, anonymous confidential decisions and, and such that never leaves the room. Okay. So we never have a case precedent. You know, how did the, the panel decide on that case? We'll oh, never know that. It's all it's brand never, new. It's, it's all brand new based on the circumstances. So there's no case. Even if study. it's their second or third offense. The only people who will know are the legal staff at the association uh-huh. and the people who are sitting in at, uh, at that hearing. And we don't even know that until after the, uh, the hearing and we go into executive session. So interesting how it works. This is, the second offense. this is the first defense. They've had a clean record for the last 15 years. So then they share that with us but uh, not until we've wow. it and heard the case because they don't want to prejudice our thinking. They want us to be very open-minded. That and, makes sense. Yeah. But uh, you do need to know if it's a second offense before you do the final violation. Yeah. yeah that's that makes an executive sense. session. Yeah. That's after the hearing. So do you have any thoughts on if you were going to make one change in the process, what would you change? I wouldn't change anything. You think I've it's been, perfect? Nothing's perfect, Jim. It's not perfect, but it, it works and it works well. And it gives everybody a fair hearing. Okay. And it's recorded. Okay. And we all sign off on it. Uh, it's it's uh, procedurally, uh, you know, according to the rule book. Um, so. But the people on the panel are also the peers of the agents, right? Correct. So let's say like you're listening to a violation and you've had like you've had a kind of a run in with that agent as well. Are you allowed to like release yourself from that panel? Yes. And you should, yeah. I imagine. Right. Yeah. And I and I got released uh, from a hearing panel one time because mm -hmm. of uh, a, a prior familiarity with one of that the makes sense like they're party. your friends or whatever right yeah you know can jim be totally objective and i agreed with that decision and yeah. I said, possibly not so yeah. yeah i should not be on this panel so all the people that i hear i i don't know okay i do not know so it would uh, be interesting though like if you had to make a change would could one of them be like that the panel is not even local like do you think that would make a difference well not? that happens yeah okay. i mean that happens we we are statewide okay so if asked i could attend a hearing in duluth which is two and oh. a half hours. what if you didn't want to drive up for two and a half hours to listen to a one hour panel to drive back two and a half hours and i don't volunteer <laughs> oh, I got you. It's all volunteer. That makes sense. It's all volunteer. So I stay just within the metro, okay. you know, within a short drive. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to drive two and a half hours uh, anywhere in the state for a hearing. Now, there are uh, my colleagues who, who will do that. And yeah. I love them. Yeah. You know, I mean, they need everybody. Yeah, that's good. Not this, not this boy. <laughs> so if, if somebody like was interested in being involved on like their board level, what are some of the, I know your criteria may be different, but like, what are some of the criteria around being involved? You, every year we have an open window. Okay. So that window comes for volunteers, for this committee, this committee, this committee. Um, you just have to sign up 
throw your name into the hat and then you'll be contacted uh, by staff okay. um, and each each association is going to have their own procedures um, but one of the criteria is you have to attend this mandatory annual training mm-hmm. and it's off-site okay all day almost mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's it's a good chunk of the day they usually provide lunch for us um, and we, we have case studies, we have discussions, we have breakout groups, uh, any changes to the, uh, the code of ethic articles. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so we go over a lot of stuff yeah. as well as how do you conduct yourself during a hearing? You know, you have to have a, a poker face. Right. The kinds of questions that you ask. Right. Your body language. Right. So a whole lot of stuff that we're I could talking. never be involved because I'd be like, man, come on. <laughs> Nobody believes you. Or I'd be like, you know what I mean? At, at the end of the session, my, my cheek is usually pretty you know, <laughs> chewed up. You know? I imagine like, oh, so annoying. So if like, how often are these cases coming up? Like if you were going to volunteer like often would you be volunteering like like how often in a month no more than one okay so they're not coming up terribly often no and we've got a a a large pool of individuals who've been doing this for a long time gotcha so you know they they it seems like people that do it are the ones that that do it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so if i do six or seven a year okay That sounds about awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's well, it's, it's super enlightening. I'm glad we decided to do this episode on that because I we were getting a ton of questions, and clearly I had a bunch of questions. I feel like we were on like a cop show and I was the <laughs> detective or something asking yeah. you so many questions. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. So this this was fun. This was a nice departure. It was a good one. Oh, well, if, if people do have a referral for you um, in Minnesota, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, text or e- uh, text email or call at 612-562-7461 or Jim Camarada at kw.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jim. Right, you, Jim. Have a great day. You too. Bye.